0: Africa was her neighbour across a short strait of sea miles. The great Egyptian age is but a remnant of the Atlantean culture. The antediluvian kings colonised the world. All the gods who play in the mythological dramas, in all legends from all lands, were from fair Atlantis. Hail Atlantis.
1: Hello and good evening. I'm Douglas Bowles and you're listening to 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and thesyncbook.com, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day. You can find us at 42minutes.com and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. Today is the 14th day of January, which means happy old New Year's for those of you using the uh, Julian calendar. This is our third installment of the 42 Minutes Man Show. and Tonight we're traveling 88 MPH. That's page 88 in the Manly P. Hall. And we're traveling under all that water in search of the secret teachings of Atlantis. And we'll do so with the help of a dear friend, Michael Schott. Mr. Schott is an OG synchromistic and has written for the blog Gosporn Now for nine years. Michael penned a chapter for The Sync Book back in 2011 and was a guest at both The Sink Cabin Adventures as well as the 2014 Oli Sink Summit. More information about his work can be found at his blog, gosborne.blogspot.com. It's a pleasure to have him back on the show. How are you doing tonight, Michael?
2: I'm doing very well. Thank you, Doug.
1: Great. And so if our our listeners were not as clued in as we'd hoped, why is 88 MPH important in the scheme of synchromysticism?
2: Well, when it connects to Atlantis, it's important because that's how fast the DeLorean has to go to uh, break the time barrier, and the fact that Michael J. Fox starred in the 2001 uh, Disney film called Atlantis is the sink. Yes
1: it's It's funny because now just now, as we're talking, I was reminded of it seemed like we were kind of preoccupied with the idea of atlantis
2: maybe two or three years ago, yeah at le- at least I think for me
1: and and at that at that point in time, I was thinking that what what Atlantis was was this reverberation from the future saying that we need to rethink the way we're living because we're going to melt the polar ice caps and sea level is going to rise and it's going to be the the deluge that was my thought then for our listeners could you explain according to manly p hall how and why atlantis was destroyed and then tell whether or not you like this reading or not
2: well all right um i think that you know it's a he kind of con- uh compresses Um, The Atlantis myth into, you know, a couple pages and does a pretty good job of it, I think. Uh, Atlantis is this ancient island kingdom founded by Poseidon and his ten sons, ten, no, five twin sons equals ten, Um, and Atlas, his son Atlas was the actual king of Atlantis, which is why it was named that, as well as the Atlantic Ocean. Um, they were an extremely advanced race um, that eventually grew corrupt and was destroyed in a single day and night of calamity where Atlantis sank to the bottom of the sea.
1: And do you recall where he got that account? Plato. Okay, And then do you know when Plato wrote that?
2: I do not. A long time ago.
1: <laughs> well, I was curious because this is so – the account is similar in some respects to the the flood myth from Genesis. Very much. Yeah. It's uh, 360 BCE. Okay. Yeah. But then uh, there's a Sumer flood also from Gilgamesh, which, which may even predate that too. Mm-hmm. So what do you make of the flood story as
2: a myth? Well, uh, <laughs> okay, it's a recurring myth. It's obviously very powerful. Um, it's a very powerful archetype. And, and to me, of course, the ocean is the subconscious. It's representing the subconscious. So any island that was founded by Poseidon, who was the, you know the god of the ocean, um, was very um, full of knowledge and all, and then sank, was destroyed and sank into the subconscious. Um, in a, You know, that's how you read it. At least that's how I read it. And so the myth of Atlantis is really a myth of um, the fall of human consciousness. Um, it's also kind of a roadmap of how our sub of our subconscious because, uh, the concentric circles, you know, the shape of Atlantis and, and all, all have analogs in the way our, our mind is put together.
1: Yeah. I I think Manly P. Hall even says both the sinking of Atlantis and the biblical story of the fall of man signify spiritual involution, which is a prerequisite to conscious evolution. So it's almost like his thought is that you have to fall before you can rise. Yes. Uh, what's, what's fascinating to me is that in our reading and the, some of the other readings, he tends to mash together the idea of a perennial philosophy and a fall of man together. Have you ever thought about those as myths and how they differ? Because he does it in this chapter.
2: Well, I guess this is what maybe, are you saying that he is, he creates this sort of universal, this idea of a universal myth, which is Atlantis being the predecessor of all the myths. In fact, he even says that um, the myth of Atlantis is the key to all of Greek mythology yeah. in this chapter. Yeah. And And of course, Plato places the myth, he gives it, Uh, Egyptian cred where he says that, oh, the Egyptians knew all about this. And um, and so South America, too. Yeah, we if you look around, if you look at pyramid making and the sacrificial king as a kind of a hallmark of the religious rituals of the Atlanteans, then you can see these same elements all around the world.
1: Right. And so I think this, that sacrificial king myth is also uh-huh. known as the perennial myth. And that is oftentimes synonymous with the, the cycle of seasons. So this it's the sun's journey into the underworld in the wintertime. Uh-huh. You know, so that's the dying god. And then the gods reborn. And that's that's our year the fall of man thing is, is a little different where it seems like in that myth, men are wicked and then God punishes them by either exile, you know, kicking them out of the garden, mm-hmm. barring their entry with a flaming sword or uh, <laughs> just killing everyone in a flood or something.
2: Right. Right. Or the, the whole island is destroyed in a, in a volcano um, and they're all, they're so similar that you have to wonder, well, how can these, you know, why is it so? You know, and the, the fun thing about sinks is that, well, let me start, let me take on a different course because we love to watch movies, sinkheads love to watch movies. And of course, Manly P. Hall is kind of like the mystic of Hollywood. And so I would imagine that it, it was probably, it's probably required reading. This book for like Disney writers because they put so much of this chapter into that movie, um, Atlantis. I mean, so much. I mean, even Manly P. Hall mentions just offhand that um, the ancient kings were known as shepherd kings, and you know, the good shepherd, etc. Well, in this in this um, movie, Milo Thatch, who is played by Michael J. Fox is seeking the Shepherd's Journal and the Shepherd's Journal is sort of the map to Atlantis and he goes he figures out that the Shepherd's Journal is not in Ireland but in Iceland now the DeLorean is the only motor car ever made in um, Ireland Um, and it's also a horse and so you know a, a car resonates a horse and so it's very much you know an Atlantean horse Poseidon Kind of thing, um, and and then you get to this mind-blowing, uh, you know, series of videos by Joe Alexander where he examines that the great uh, calamity of Back to the Future is something that Marty McFly goes back to 1955. He has to warn about this great calamity, and Jove says that this. Is secretly is nine one one secretly encoded, okay? And it's it's, uh, it's a great great series of, of of short films. And then the curious thing is though is that, okay, if nine one one was the sinking of Atlantis, you can certainly see um, Manhattan and the entire United States as resonating um, very clearly um, new Atlantis so it it's really very tight
1: yeah have you seen the film noah with russell no Thore? not yet yeah i I don't i don't know how i feel about it <laughs> i i don't know how i feel about the stories where god says uh, eh, i'm not really happy with this i'm gonna try, i'm gonna start over but that in manly p hall that was that was one of the possibilities as to why Atlantis was destroyed because what is, what do they say that
2: they're, yeah, they were very, uh, they became warlike. They attacked, um, Greece enslaved, you know, Libya. It's actually a lot like how the United States has started to act. And so it's very much, it's very much a, reliving of this Atlantean myth that in real time, you know, and so that when I realized that, that freaked me out. And, but then I realized that, you know, we're living in the post-apocalyptic world and what does that mean? And how do we deal with that as, you know, as people living after the fall of a, of the latest fall of Atlantis.
1: Well, so I've been, I mean, I've kind of been baking my noodle off of, off of these, these stories about the fall of man, this idea that somehow we're wicked and that we can find our way back to the garden. You know, and one thought, it's, it's curious because I started into a new book Um, It's about the history of religion and violence. And she made the point of saying that the only way for civilization to develop was through these agrarian societies. And the only way to create the type of leisure class necessary to have arts and sciences was through socioeconomic violence where you have inequality. And so that got my head thinking about the idea that, that you know, God punishing man is the wrong thing because it's the system that's, that's making us wicked. So it just, it's, mm-hmm. it seems like it, as we, we look back to this moment when things were pure, the garden, <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. You know, so like when
2: we're... It's, it's the crystal. <laughs> it's the... from According to Disney, it's the crystal. The crystal was cracked. <laughs> I don't know. Is it the dark crystal? I mean, what, what the hell? I don't know. It's oh, a metaphor. Oh, you're
1: right. The, the... Sure.
2: You know, it's a metaphor. And, of course, in in the Disney movie, as in every Disney movie... The Divine Feminine is the crystal who is who's played by, uh, you know, a beautiful teenager. And so in, in this movie, we have the exact same. We have the, you know, the Atlantean princess. Um, and she becomes the crystal. The crystal becomes her. Uh, she saves Atlantis and everything's great. And so, again, we just come to this... Uh, Conscious recognition of the Divine Feminine and what is the Divine Feminine, well, that's that's a really big question, but at least the short answer is that she's the ocean and that she is the subconscious. A marriage, so to speak, between conscious, male, and subconscious, female. That's the solution.
1: Okay, so one of the points that Manly P. Hall makes that I double-checked was um, Manly P. Hall says Plato, Plato's account of Atlantis is part allegorical and part historical. Wikipedia says that it's all allegorical. But the interesting thing to me is this idea of a flood, a historical flood, and that's maybe where some of these myths came from. Have you have you thought about that at all ever, like a historical flood, oh. or do you think it's where Where do you it, think this flood is?
2: Well, sink, well, sink over time has taught me that they're both true. That that you know, the subconscious actually makes our our conscious reality not the other way around, at least that in theory. And so if you have, you know, these subconscious archetypes, then they will continuously express themselves into our real, real world. And we'll, we really do have floods and we really do have disasters. Um, and so I think that's kind of a weaselly way of saying they're both true.
1: Yeah. And so the, the the book that I was telling you about, the, this historical religious thing, she was making the point that mythic truths are always timeless and they're always about now. And we shouldn't read them historically, which is one of the problems of literal modernity is that we want... <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes Mm -hmm. we want it all to be so fundamental yes and it's uh yeah but what's
1: what's kind of a curiosity to me in that direction is when i was at seattle central community college i took an oceanography class and i was thinking about floods then too and so atlantis manley p hall relates is to somewhere near in the vicinity of uh, what is, the Pillars of Hercules.
2: Well, it's beyond the Pillars of Hercules. That, and and I, I did a big study on that, if I may interrupt. Please. Because Pillars of Her- Hercules, right off of um, Red at right Gibraltar, uh, Kingdom of Spain, uh, the Motto of Spain is um, plus ultra, which means, you know, the beyond, the great beyond. And so Atlantis lies beyond the great beyond. And, you know, and the Spaniards were the famous sort of conquistadors, uh, first explorers of um, the new world, which some may have deduced was perhaps Atlantis. In, you know the ancient Atlantis in the and and there's some there's some interesting syncs with that because of course of the pyramids but and then the fact that according to Manley P Hall the horse was first domesticated in Atlantis which is why the horse is sacred to Poseidon well the horse is from the New World even though it was no longer here when the Spaniards you know arrived so there's, you know, things like that.
1: Well, the pillars of Hercules, what is, what is that? that, is that the mouth of the Mediterranean?
2: Right, yeah. And, oh, I was just going to, one little sink is that they, um, this, the motto is shows two pillars, literally, with a, an intertwined banner um, going around in kind of an S shape. And so you take these two pillars with this banner that says plus ultra. And then many, and this is also on all Spanish uh, gold, which is called a piece of eight. And this is the same more or less symbol that is our dollar sign. It's a piece of eight. So I thought that's, uh, I don't know. It just, it's cool cuz it's all part of this weird spain conquistador atlantis
1: yeah i mean i <laughs> it's funny cuz i i took it too to material in an ice age the strait of gibraltar would actually become gibraltar falls because that landmass is ends up becoming so much higher so the mouth there of the Mediterranean Sea would become waterfalls that would flow into to this ocean basin that would be much much lower yeah but as far as and so like that's one of the thoughts towards this idea of of a flood mythology where if if there was some kind of warming that caused all this water to rise up uh-huh. you know so that I... there could be islands that
2: were swallowed yeah you know as far as the ice age that was a warming that occurred around the, the world so you would expect you know flood myths in all different cultures well anyway i i really enjoyed this chapter with about you know atlantis with Manly P. hall it it lines up with a lot of other stuff that i've read and also my personal examinations of the subconscious and Atlantis is pretty much the coolest fucking myth. I mean, it's got, it's got everything, and so, you know, I like it a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with Madame Blavatsky? A bit, yeah. Yeah, because she weighs in on this too. And and she says that it, the problem was that the nation had become wicked
2: magicians. Right. Which is, um interesting because I was just thinking about this today because I was thinking about the dollar bill and how it's so magically uh, potent, you know, with all the signs on it and, you know, the all seeing eye and the pyramid and blah, 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 blah. And so, and I was thinking of uh, capitalism as being Uh, you know a sort of a wicked magic because every there what does a capitalist do he literally converts um trees and forests and wood and fish and animals and to dollar bills to paper a symbol and that's that's a that's a pretty wild alchemical skill and you know we're all doing it
1: right and so the for the longest time, that was my focus. I was wondering if, if there wasn't a system that enabled us to be better humans. Mm-hmm. But it's it, I I think going all the way back that there's inequality, and some have more and others have less, and the ones the only way for the some that have more to maintain that lifestyle is to have a a lower class of people who are living subsistent life.
2: Right. I mean, yeah, that's what the, that's what the book um, was stating that you had just recently read. Yeah. So so
1: it's, it's curious because, Is this pattern? Are we, are we, I think Jason Barrera would say yes, but do you think we're stuck in a wheel of fortune?
2: Well, yes, but I always have hope. You know, the myths also state that we get out, that we eventually.
1: Well, so like uh, now I'm beginning to think so what about political protests and things? You know, we. What about them? Can we change the water in the fish tank? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can we save Atlantis? Oh, it's not the water's fault. It's it's the ego's fault. You know, water, she's always the Virgin Mary. She's there. She loves us. It's. She's also our bride. I mean, it's not the water's fault we're being misogynist assholes when it comes to our own subconscious
1: okay so had you read manly p hall before
2: no i just knew of him
1: you knew of him and then did you read any more than just the chapter that we agreed to speak about
2: no, I just read this and then I read I could I didn't know if the part at the end of this web page that spoke about the um kings, you know, the uh shepherd kings and the sacrifice the classic uh sacrificial king if that was part of
1: It was part of the you know, Atlantis uh, chapter.
2: So, yeah, so I read that anyway and it it to me it was very poorly placed I mean it should be a chapter all on its own but and that's what I was talking about at the beginning
1: where it's really easy to see how the the fall flood myth is similar to a dying God myth but they're they're different too at the same time that quality is different
2: It's all I think if you take the dying God as your, um, you know, as an allegory of your own spiritual growth, then, you know, it's sort of the, the death of your old ego and the rebirth of a new one, perhaps, um, which also seems to act out literally in our world um, time after time.
1: By reading this, did this alter your own personal sync web?
2: A little bit. It made me realize that Disney has definitely definitely read <laughs> this this damn book. And if you want and if you want to understand the movies better, then you could uh you would definitely read this book. And the movies again are such a great metaphor of You know, consciousness looking at the reflection of our own subconscious—that it's, it is Plato's cave, and it's, you know, no wonder that they, that Manley P. Hall and the movies just sort of happened all together.
1: Yeah. Were you? Are you aware of the film Black Friday? Yeah. Okay, yeah, and so I think Bella Lugosi does something in a trance in that movie, and Manly P. Hall hypnotized him before the scene. Okay, yeah. So there's on the poster, you have Manly P. Hall giving him
2: the hocus pocus.
1: Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure that conspiracy theorists could run wild with that. Especially yeah. that it's called Black Friday.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So, so, then what what are you seeing? What is what is what are you seeing these days?
2: Well, because you had me had me researching Atlantis. Now, of course, I'm getting nothing but ocean six and and uh, and stuff like that. Like, f- for instance. I was talking to a, a friend emailed me out of the blue, and blue is now my symbol for the subconscious. And he says, oh, you remember this great old book named um, Blue Heaven that we read in the 80s? And I said, oh, yeah, it was hilarious. Well, then I go down to uh, the free box at the bookstore yesterday, and there is, of all the books in the world, there's Blue Heaven sitting there for me in the free box. So, of course, I had to take it out because I thought my subconscious wants me to have this. And so these odd things where things, you know, appear uh in my conscious world that only my subconscious would know that I'm thinking about is sort of that sink proof that, that there's this blurring between consciousness and subconsciousness and that, it's all coming together this is both good and bad i feel
1: <laughs> that doesn't does it have anything to do with the movie my blue heaven
2: um no i don't think so it's what is the movie my blue heaven i think it's
1: steve martin and it's about la i it's a vegetable (laughs) he's in the witness protection program i think he's a mobster or something
2: okay no it's definitely not not that but it's set in new york city and it's um very 80s um in theme it was written in 1988 um 88 yeah but uh so so, I have a lot of that. I have a lot of maritime sinks um a lot of m's a lot of uh you know stars, fives you know it's all sort of part of that's my that's my conscious understanding of you know my very primitive conscious language of the symbols of my subconscious, trying to learn it better, you know I feel like we have to learn. Not that we have to, but if you want to know what your subconscious is saying, it's good to learn her language.
1: Well, if so the book is called The Secret Teachings of All Ages. What do you think? I mean putting you on the spot, what are the secret teachings of Atlantis?
2: Hmm. Well, that I'd say Well, that is putting me on the spot. I think we were just talking about it a lot, but it's a repetitive fall, you know, a a mythic fall that seems to be happening again and again. Um, Some are worse than others. I think in, you know, one of the things about Atlantis also is that there's a lot of tens and fives. And so to me, this, I think he even says, somewhere that it the human body is also represents these um fundamental principles of the universe and so you know we have five fingers on two hands and things like that and so it it's really a very cool book to think about or or a chapter to think about myth and My physical self and the earth—all is and and myth is actually all being the same thing. For me, there is no separation. True, there is no true separation anymore between physical, um, you know, what's real physically and what's real mythically. And I think Manly P. Hall has just sort of hammered that in a little more for me.
1: And then, as far as your own personal sync practice goes, you know what is do you have an inkling of where you're headed next because of this?
2: oh it's definitely it's definitely into the abyss I mean, or a voyage or something like that. I don't know what, but I mean, I do all kinds of crazy alchemical ritual crap and just to see what happens. Generally, absolutely nothing would I expect ever happens. But weird shit happens. So I just enjoy that.
1: Well, I know I'm. I'm definitely seeing this kind of, this fallen state type story. I went and saw Inherent Vice, and it's kind of, it's the same tale where it's between the 60s and the 70s, and that's the point where the ecstasy turns into paranoia and you've got Nixon and you're trying to figure out how to turn it all around.
2: Oh, you, you mentioned this with, uh, with Will, I believe also, this must be a yeah so I,
1: the Well, the, the thing is because of the Manly P. Hall, I think it's really informing a certain thread right now in my own, what I'm looking at. And I don't know that I would recommend Noah. <laughs> it, it's so—I mean—it becomes this exercise in ridiculousness once you have all these animals on the boat, you know. And it's just so concrete that, all right, here we are, sailing to the New World.
2: Mm-hmm. Two by two, on you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. The Great Ark. Yeah. It. Some things are better not made into a movie and just left to your own imagination.
1: <laughs> well, in the Bible, God is always talking, but oftentimes in these movies, God isn't really. It's difficult to how do you how do you show yeah. God?
2: Yeah, right. You, who, who's God's voice and right. all that? The, uh, well, there's this. God, what's the name of this book? It's all, It was a, something, something, the birth of the bicameral mind, you know, and I can't remember even something who Jane wrote it, but I read, like... yeah, yeah. But he was talking about how this ancient trauma probably caused by the Ice Age split the, split human consciousness into two. And this is the fall. And when we were first, before we were speaking fully conscious, we actually heard um, our subconscious speak to us, um, hearing God's voice. And so that's what the voice of God is. And so his theory was that in modern times, there are some people, schizophrenics and whatnot, where the wall between this is very thin and they you know they hear the voice of god and he tells them to do something generally you know kill a bunch of people and there you have it so <laughs> god's an asshole <laughs> at least you know in that but thinking of it that way
1: well that was 42 minutes thank you for sharing it with us
2: I guess he's an asshole. That's a good Marty McFly. (laughs) I don't know how else to.
1: I don't know how else to to shake it. If you're an artist, if it's just a demiurge where he's like, well, you know, I got to get my ten thousand hours as a god. I'm gonna screw up a few times. You know, put together some creation. Nope, flood it. We'll start again.
2: (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's like wrinkling you know you, you just rip it off the page you know off the, off the table you know scrunch it up in a ball throw it into the round file and start over was every so, artist has done that I,
1: I think Zeus you know there's so many stories of men are wicked i hate all these people i'm just gonna i'm gonna kill them all and start over
2: mm-hmm
1: You've been listening to Michael Schacht on SyncBook Radio, a production of the For uh, information about the work of Mr. Schacht can be found at gossporn.blogspot.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests, to check out past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at 42minutes.com. If you'd like to support the show, we urge you to become a donor. You'll find the donation links under each episode on the website and consider setting up a monthly charge. Thanks so much. And beloved shipmates, Clinch the last verse of the first chapter of Jonah, and God prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah.
2: Thanks, Michael. Well, thank you. That was fun. Good.
1: I'm running out of steam, I think, on my liking of Manly P. Hope. No, I like it, but I like it in a strange sort of juvenile comic book sort of way. Like it's great stuff, but I wonder. I wonder. It it definitely feels like something that informed the early conspiracy movements. This idea of the secret, the secret societies. Oh right, right. Secret histories, the secret of the religious. Like the you know, here's the
2: truth. That's what I. I've never picked up the book because I figure that any book that claims to have the secret history of everything (laughs) doesn't fucking have it. No, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's secret, (laughs) goddammit. You don't put all the secrets in one book and say it's all full of secrets.
1: Right. Well, and then it's like 700 pages and this is the, you know, the condensed version, I think. Yeah, the truth is out there. The funny thing about the Manly P. Hall that I noticed is that he definitely needs things. Things are so linear to him. So things started here and then they moved here and they did. And what Sync has really kind of shown me is that things arise mutually at the same time because there's this unseen connection. So yeah, you can have evolution that is not necessarily happening because of trans- direct transmission, but things are happening simultaneously. Everyone gets the same answer at the same time in different places, even though they're not connected.
2: And exactly. That, that, but they are but they are connected somehow, somehow. And so what is that connection, you know? It's you know, to me it's the sea. <laughs> because the sea is a perfect metaphor. It flows everywhere, covers us all. You know, it's cool.
3: SyncBook.com is nearing the end of a massive upgrade, which means that so much cool stuff is coming. But it also means that access to parts of the website will be restricted from January 15th to January 28th. It also means that we need your help during this time and want to give you really neat stuff as a thank you. Everyone who registers at theSyncBook.com/slash-beta will receive an exclusive sample chapter from Marty Weeds's forthcoming book and an exclusive video clip from the Olympia sync summit Everyone and for a limited number of you willing to get your hands dirty in a digital sort of way There's something extra special. We're giving away a book that people have spent years waiting and asking us for if your beta Tester application is accepted remember. There's only a limited number of positions available we will give you nearly the entire 2012 draft of Suicide Kings please visit thesyncbook.com slash beta right away. Even with nonlinear phenomena, time is of the essence.